I hope that you can sense the Spirit of God in the house um, where you are, because I can feel Him and sense Him in this house. I believe that God wants to speak to us uh, a very, very specific word tonight. I believe that it is prophetic in some sense, which is a little different for me. But I want to speak an encouragement to you. I want to challenge you at the same time, though, tonight. Um, and I, I'm going to ask that you turn your Bibles to Joshua chapter 6. Be in Joshua chapter 6 tonight. I'm just going to read a few verses for you. Again, we thank you for being with us on a Wednesday night with your family or by yourself, however you may be. We, we're just glad that you've chose to join us. So Joshua chapter 6, we're a very familiar portion of Scripture. I'm going to read to you the first few verses here. Now Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said unto Joshua, See, I have given into thine hand Jericho, and the king thereof, and the mighty men of valor. And ye shall compass the city, all ye men of war, and go round about the city once. Thus shalt thou do six days. And seven priests shall bear before the ark seven trumpets of ram's horns. And the seventh day ye shall compass the city seven times, and the priests shall blow with the trumpets and, ye shall, and, it, and it shall come to pass that when they make a long blast with the ram's horns, and when ye hear the sound of the trumpets, all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city shall fall down flat, and the people shall ascend up every man straight before him. Let us read verse 1 again. We, we often look over this verse now Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. I, 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 many of you know I uh, have weird titles um, for my messages many times. And uh, I don't know why the Lord speaks to me in such a weird way, but it's probably because I'm a weird guy. But... I want you to turn to the person next to you where you might be sitting and say, shut up. Say, shut up. I would look at pastor and tell him to shut up, but I love and respect my pastor too much to tell him to do that. So Landon, I will tell you tonight to shut up. And I don't mean that in a condescending way or to be rude or to be mean, but we see here in verse 1 that Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. And, and I know that many of us have heard uh, the story of, of Jericho multiple times and have heard it preached in so many different ways, but I, I want you to understand, I'm going to tie in my title here in a second, but I want you to understand that we don't experience a victory in chapter 6. That what, what I was reading to you is when the captain of the Lord is giving Joshua the, 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 the plan, the master plan to see a stronghold called Jericho. 
Jericho fall and for them to experience victory. It doesn't just magically happen. There is a, a backstory to everything. You don't just magically get anointed. You don't just happen into revival. There's preparation. There, there is a time of, uh, of preparing. There is a time of, of praying, a time of fasting, a time of supplication, a time of sacrifice that goes into victory, that goes into seeing and experiencing the glory of God that goes into revival. And it's the same with this portion of Scripture. God uh, tells Joshua through the captain of, uh, of, the Lord, of the host of the Lord, He says, Joshua, listen, what I want you to do is I want you to march around this city one time every day for six days uh, and then seven times on the seventh day. And when you hear the blast, uh, I want you to shout with a great shout uh, and you will see the walls and this stronghold fall. Again, it doesn't just happen overnight. It doesn't just magically happen. It doesn't just, uh, you don't just walk into it one day, as I said earlier. And I hope, I hope I can just be clear to you tonight that God is wanting to shut the enemy up that we're facing in the time and season that we're in. You see, the Bible tells us that the children of Israel, the children of Israel before this time, before Joshua in this generation comes onto the scene, under Moses' leadership, the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness for 40 years due to their mindset. They were unable to inherit the promise of God. What happened here is due to fear, due to their own anxiety, due to their own faults and failures, and due to the fact that they bent their ear towards the enemy and what the enemy was saying and what the ten spies were saying in Numbers chapter 13. They, 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 made, they took heed to what they were saying more than what God was saying. And what happened instead of the children of Israel operating in obedience Obedience and a power and authority and trusting and having faith in their God instead of them shutting the enemy down and shutting the enemy up the enemy shut them up they closed the door on their promise the enemy closed the door on their purpose the enemy shut the door and said listen you're not coming in here because I've lied and I've sold a discouragement to you and you believe those lies and that has happened in the American church for years and years. The enemy has come to our congregants, has come to our young people especially, has come to the house of God and whispered in the ears of the people that's even sat in this house and said, you, you, you can't make it, you can't obtain the promise that God has for you, you can't inherit what God wants you to inherit, you can't be who God's calling you to be, you can't do what God's calling you to do do, but I want to tell you tonight uh, that there is a transition that has been happening over this summer and over the last few months and now into this fall in the house of God, in this house of God, in the house of, in church houses across America, there has been a shift. Uh, the Bible tells us in Joshua chapter 5 and verse 7 that when the, the, the generation that I, I, before Joshua, before this triumphant entry, 
that we read about in, in Joshua chapter 6. This, there was a generation that wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. The Bible tells us in Joshua chapter 5 uh, that he had to raise up uh, a different generation in their stead. What that word raises up in, in the Hebrew means is he had to establish a new generation. He had to transition out uh, of the, uh, the get the people to transition out of an old mindset uh, and out of an old way of living. What he had to do uh, is he had to convert a people from wandering uh, in the wilderness uh, and he had to convert and create an army and raise up and establish a generation that says, listen, we don't want to wander, but we want the promises of God. And you say, what, what does that have to do with us? What does that have to do with the church? Uh, what does that have to do with the church in America? Listen, the wandering mentality says we need to come in, sing three songs uh, that me or Pastor Ronnie needs to preach 35 minutes and get you out of here and time to go watch the game or to eat your favorite food. Uh, listen, that is the wandering mentality. The wandering mentality says I'm just going to punch my time clock to heaven as long as I sit in this pew, uh, I'm okay. Uh, that is a lie from the enemy. What we have done is we have allowed again as I reiterate, I'll reiterate what I said earlier. We have allowed the enemy to shut us up and keep us from inheriting the promises of God. But again, Joshua chapter 5 tells us that God raised up and established a new generation that would say, I, I don't want the wandering. I, I don't want the problems. I don't want what my parents had and what my grandparents had. Not that, not that they didn't see the hand of God move. Not that God didn't provide for them, but that God raised up a generation that says, uh, we're not going in circles uh, spiritually for 40 years, but we're going forward and we're going to take back uh, what is ours and what God has promised for us. Uh, I want you to know this today, uh, that God has turned things uh, in this church. Uh, he's turned things in my life uh, this year in 2020. God has turned things in our pastor's life in the year 2020. You say, well, this year's been awful. It's been trying. It's been hard. But I will tell you, through this summer and into this fall, in the three years that I've had the pleasure to serve this congregation and to minister with our pastor, I have I, this summer I have experienced the glory and the power of God stronger in my life than I ever have before. I have felt the anointing of God working in my life stronger than I ever have before this year. Why? Because there's been a transition in the mentality. There's been a divine reset of the mind as Pastor preached about it. And as I tried to preach about a few weeks ago, there has been a generation that says, listen, I am sick and tired of the same old, same old. I don't want to go back to normal as everybody keeps pressing and telling us to from COVID-19. I want to go to supernatural. I want to go into the presence of God. I want to see something different. And God is raising up a people that will say, God, I want the promises. I want your presence. I want your power. I want your glory. I want to take back what the enemy has stolen from me. I want the harvest. I want the land flowing with milk and honey. God, I may have to fight, but God, I want what you have for me. And we see we, we, we see uh, that, that this generation, the reason
and they, I, I believe, and the Lord began to reveal this to me, Pastor, as they, uh, this generation desired the promise so much. Uh, why? Because 40 years, 40 years, they woke up looking at the promise uh, every day uh, on the wrong side of the river. They woke up every day, uh, and I believe there was men and women of God that walked to that river and said, that's my promise. Uh, that's my land. Uh, that's what God has for me. For 40 years, they woke up from little children all the way up. For 40 years, they looked at the promise, just waiting, just desiring to do and to be where God was calling them to do and where God was calling them to be. They woke up 40 years, 40 years, looking at the promise. And what that did is that, that stirred up a hunger and a passion in them that they said, no matter what we may face, God is with us and we're moving forward. We're going to see strongholds fall. And church, I want you to know the reason why we've had good services in this house this year is because there has been a people that, have, that know the promises of God, that know that God is coming back for a glorious church. And we can't be a glorious church without His glory. So therefore, I believe revival is a promise from God. And we have, we have as, as a church family, have woken up uh, and we have seen service in and service out. Uh, we have tasted and we have looked at that promise. Uh, God, we feel so close to revival. We feel so close to breakthrough. Uh, there's a hunger and a thirst. Uh, there's a burning passion on the inside of us. Uh, and we're, we're seeing, we're, we, we feel like uh, we're so close, uh, but we feel like there's obstacles in our way. Uh, we feel like there's a river that's outside of its banks uh, that's preventing us from going into the things of God. Uh, we, we feel maybe some of you uh, have listened to the enemy uh, speak to you as the ten spies spoke 40 years previous to this to the people of God saying you don't want the fight uh, that's in there. You don't want to have to, you, if you could see the enemies that you would have to face. Uh, but I want to encourage you uh, as pastor has said over the last two weeks, do not grow weary and well doing uh, because there is a reaping, there is a harvest that God wants to bring to pass on the other side of this river. You, We've looked at the promise. We've sensed the presence and the power of God. But I want you to know that there is still a revival that I believe can take place. There is still a clothing of glory, a garment of glory that God wants to place on the people of God. And it's coming. And it's coming. But first, we have to do as Joshua did. Joshua the Lord came to Joshua in Joshua chapter 1 because I, I want to show you here how we get to, to the place that we read about in Joshua chapter 6. How do we get to a place of victory? How do we get to a place where we see uh, the enemy shut up uh, and afraid of the people of God once again? How do we get to the place where we see strongholds fall? Uh, the Bible tells us uh, that God came to Joshua in Joshua chapter 1 and 2 and he said, Moses, my servant is dead. Now therefore arise and go over this Jordan. Transition is what that word means over this Jordan. Thou and all my all this people unto the land which I do give them even to the children of Israel. What God was saying is Moses my servant is dead. What God was telling Joshua is you can't live in yesterday. Yes God used Moses in mighty ways. Yes God 
provided for the children of Israel. But he said, listen, Moses, my servant is dead. You can't live in yesterday. You can visit the yesterdays, but you can't live in yesterday. You're not, what God was saying is you're not meant to remain on this side of the river. Yes, Moses was a great leader. Yes, the people of God saw the miraculous. But this generation, this group, this church, churches across this nation, we were not meant to stay on this side of the river. We were not meant to stay on the wrong side of the promise of God. But we have to stop living in the yesterdays. Oh, that service was so good 20 years ago. God touched me uh, 10 years ago. God healed my body five years ago. It's good to have a testimony, but we still need to become overcomers. Overcomers move forward. Overcomers get over obstacles. Overcomers see rivers and they see opportunities for God's miraculous power to move. God said, You got to get over Moses. Yes, it was good. Yes, it was great. But I have more for you. I have something for you that Moses didn't have. I have something for you that nobody else had. Jesus told his disciples, It is expedient that I go away so the comforter would come. Why? Because I'm going to endure you with power from on high. You're going to experience something that the prophets never experienced. The Bible tells us in the Old Testament that the Spirit would come upon him and move upon the prophets. But Jesus said, This Spirit is going to live within you. And I believe as the saints of the living God, as just as the children of Israel, there is a promise, there is a glory, there is a revival, there is a power that God wants to take us into that generations before us have not seen. And as we transition our thinking, as we align ourselves, as we don't live in the yesterdays and begin to move forward, we're going to see the miraculous take place. God had to speak to Joshua. Not only, listen, Moses is dead, you got to move on. He tells him this, every place that the sole of your foot, this is Joshua chapter 1, that the sole of your foot shall tread upon that I have given unto you. This is what he said, wherever you go, listen to this, people of God, wherever you may go, wherever you may find yourself, whether it's at your house, the workhouse, wherever it may be, wherever the sole of your foot shall trod, God said, I'm going to be with you. It shall be given unto you. He goes on in Joshua chapter 1, and he says, there's not going to be a man that will be able to stand against you all the days of thy life. He said, I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. He tells him, he asks him this question, and I want to ask you this question tonight. Joshua chapter 1, in verse 9, he tells Joshua, have not I commanded thee be strong and of good courage be not afraid neither be thou dismayed for the Lord thy God is with thee wheresoever thou goest be encouraged in the Lord tonight you 
may face valleys. You may face rivers. You may face enemies. You may feel bombarded in the season that we're in. But I want you to know just as God ensured Joshua, I'm going with you. Be strong and be courageous. I'm going to give you good success. I'm going to guide your steps. There's not going to be a devil in hell. There's not going to be a temptation that you will not be able to overcome. Why? Because he tells us in his word that I will not put more on you than that you can bear. I will tell you church if we will press into the things of God. If you press into the things of God you're going to see him move. The Bible tells us that Jesus is coming back for glorious bride. Let us become that glorious bride. Let us be strong. Let us not have a spirit of fear but let us have a a power and a love and a sound mind. Let us not operate in complacency and resistance and and hesitation but let us stir up the gift of God on the inside of us. Let us be used. I want to draw your attention to what God says through through Paul in Romans chapter 8 verse 30 says moreover whom he predestined them he also called and whom he called them he also justified and whom he justified then he also glorified what shall we say then of these things if God be for us who can be against us he spared not his own son but delivered him up for all of us how shall he not how shall he not with him also freely give all give us all things I want you to notice that word predestinate uh, he predestined you don't get the word you don't get the word predestined without this word destined the promise uh, the, the what's on the other side of the river that is your destiny you'll find yourself staring saying I don't know how to obtain it I don't know how to walk in it. I don't know how I'm going to get through this. But remember, you are destined. You have a call. He said, listen, you're called. You're justified. God's going to glorify you as you begin to pursue Him. Know that you're destined. Know that God will be with you. Know that hell can't stop you. Know that Jesus is for you. He said there in verse 31, if God be for us, who can be against us remember that God has a purpose and a plan for your life and he will see it to fruition as long as we pursue him going a little fast tonight but I feel the presence of the Lord in this house I want you to know it doesn't matter what you're facing. doesn't matter what you're going through. Remember you're destined. Remember the promise. Remember what God has spoken over your life. Remember all the prophecy that you've been given. Maybe as a child all the way up to, to being an adult now. You hold on to the promise. You hold on to the promise. I want to see revival. I want to see glory. I, God has promised me some things. He's promised me some things. I want to see them come to pass. But 
that I have to know even when I don't understand uh, why we, even though I may find myself in this season, I don't understand the season I'm in. You don't have to understand the season, but just know this, the promise still stands. The promise still remains. You may not understand uh, why, why God, why do I find myself uh, in this place? Uh, just remember the promise. Uh, just remember the promise. Remember you're destined. Remember if God is before you, who can be against you? Remember that you're called, that you're justified, and that God wants to glorify you. He wants to lift you up to show this world what a Christian really is, what a person and a man and woman of God are called to be. He wants you to be a bright light in a dark world. We go on. That's just chapter 1. I'm trying to get you to chapter 6, but I want you to know this. You may say, you, you, you may say I, I'm fighting Pastor Jade like I've never fought in my spirit before. The warfare is unreal. The, the, the enemy is just bombarding me. I don't, I don't know what's going on. I want you to know this, that God in, in my prayer time, in my study time, excuse me, God in my prayer time, in my study time, has let me in on a little secret uh, and we find it actually in, 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 in Joshua chapter 2 uh, the Bible says excuse me again the Bible says uh, that, that Joshua sent two spies into the city and God as I was praying God began to just open up this scripture to me and he's saying I'm going to show you brother Jade and I want you to speak to my people tonight uh, and he said I want them to know I want them to know just as I let those two spies here. I want them to know what the enemy is facing. I want them to know what the enemy thinks about them. Rahab the harlot let these two spies come into her home. She protected them. She took care of them. And she told them in Joshua chapter 2 she said listen, listen I know your God. I know the God you serve. The people in this stronghold the enemies that you're facing. They know the God you serve. They know your testimony. They know what you've been through. They know what God has brought you out of. They know that sin had you bound and had you bounded up like a slave, just like the Egyptians had the Israelites. But they know that God set you free from that. They know. They know that the enemy came after you with vices, trying to bind you up. And you found yourself as the children of Israel against the Red Sea backed up against the wall and you didn't know how you were going to get out of it but they know the enemy knows that God made a way when there seemed to be no way and he got you through and he got you out of it he knows the enemy knows what you've been through the enemy knows the adversaries that tried to ambush you in the wildernesses of this life and they know that as long as you kept your hands up as Moses did in the wilderness there was victory there was victory the enemy knows that you overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the word of your testimony Rahab said we know about the plagues we know about the Red Sea we know what you did to the Amorite kings we know the God you serve and the enemy said this Rahab was the enemy she was telling them there is no courage in this house there is no courage in this 
enemy. They know that they're a defeated foe. They know that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. They know about a cross. They know about a man named Jesus. They know about an empty tomb. They know the promise that God has on your life. But all we have to do is stand up and begin to walk towards that river. Begin to walk towards that promise and say, God, I'm going to obtain it. I'm not going to be a wanderer. I'm not going to wander in the desert. But God, I'm going over to what you have for me. I want to encourage you tonight. The enemy knows that you're a worthy foe. The enemy knows that you're fighting from victory because of Jesus Christ. I want you to go get to get boldness, to be strong and have courage. I want you to begin to pursue the presence of God. She told them, there remains no courage. We know that we're defeated. We know that we're defeated. But again, I want to take you 40 years into the past from our text tonight. Because spies went into the land once before. And this is... This is what happened. The Bible tells us in Numbers chapter 13 and verse 27. And, and, and I'm about to get to a really good, really good part. I, I, I don't want you to miss this. Uh, the Lord challenged me with this uh, because he's sick and tired uh, of the enemy shutting us up when we should be shutting the enemy up. Uh, the Bible tells us in Numbers chapter 13 and 27. And, or in, in Numbers 13, uh, sorry, in 23, uh, that the 12 spies uh, came unto and they cut down a, a big cluster of grapes. Uh, they bear it between two staffs. It was so large. Uh, and they found pomegranates and they found figs. And, and we go down into verse 27 and they showed the fruit uh, to the people of God. Uh, they showed them uh, what, why, what had happened. I mean in verse 26 they said, listen, this is, this is the fruit. Uh, they went in in the time of harvest. Uh, these spies went in when the land was plentiful and they showed the people of God yes it is everything that God promised it would be yes there is a great harvest here yes there is great produce here but this is what happened in verse 27 and they told him and said we came unto the land whither thou sendest us and surely surely truly it floweth with milk and honey, and this is the fruit of it. Nevertheless, the people be too strong that dwell in the land, and their cities are walled and very great. You say, what does that have to do with this message? What, 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 why, why did you throw that in here? God posed me with a question. God, God posed me with a question for, the, for you tonight. Because of these ten spies, these ten Ten spies thought the enemy was too strong. They listened to the lies of the enemy. They didn't believe that God was enough. And they allowed the enemy to reap their harvest. They allowed the enemy to reap their harvest for 40 years. So God asked me this question in my time of study and time of prayer. How long will my people allow the enemy to reap 
their harvest. How long will they let fear and doubt destroy their faith and put limitations on me? How long will you allow the adversary to live in your promise? These ten spies cost a nation 40 years. 40 years of a harvest. I want to ask you tonight, how many of you, how many of you have listened to the lies of the enemy and haven't reaped the souls that God's promised you? How many of us have allowed the enemy to talk us out of pursuing the call and the purpose of God for our life and we've stayed on this side of the river and we haven't inherited anything? How long will we let the enemy in America, how long will we let the enemy that is facing the American church live in our cities, our promised land? How long will we let them reap harvest? How long will we let them destroy lives with drugs and alcohol? How long will we stand for this? Oh, I believe in the, in the, in the months to come, maybe even in the days to come, that there is a being established a generation that is rising up and saying, God is before me. I don't have to worry about anything that comes against me. They're taking back the promise. They're taking back the harvest. They're reaping the souls of their loved ones that they've been praying for for years. We're not going to be like the ten spies that say, oh, the people are too strong. The enemy's too great. But we're going to be as Joshua and Caleb and say, we may not be able, but our God is able. We we may not have the power. We may not have the might. Uh, but the Holy Spirit does. Uh, but God does. Uh, I want you to know uh, that God is doing something in this time that we're living in. He is opening up the doors. Uh, he is giving the church an opportunity to stop being shut up uh, and to shut the enemy up. Uh, to shut and corner the enemy up uh, in their strongholds uh, and say we're going to tear you down. We're going to sack we're going to reap this harvest. We're taking back what God has promised us. Church, situations may come. We may face difficult trials. But again, the promise still remains. Let me put it in, into an evangelistic term for you. We've allowed the enemy to reap a harvest of souls and drag them to hell in this city and in the surrounding cities of this county and of this state. We've allowed that because we have been so timid. But we have allowed the season to dictate to us and we've not set our eyes on the promise of God. But again, to set it evangelistically for you, it doesn't matter what you may go through as an individual, the Great Commission still remains. The mission has not changed. You say, I'm tired. The mission's the same. I feel beat up. The mission's the same. There's still a promise. There's still a harvest. Well, I, I just don't feel like it. The mission remains. The promise remains. Church, 
I commission you tonight as Joshua commissioned the people of God now in chapter 3. He said, sanctify yourselves in verse 5. Sanctify yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. What he's saying is purify and prepare yourselves for the Lord is about to do the miraculous in your midst. Prepare yourself to enter into the promise. Church, sanctify yourself before the Lord. Because when he comes back, uh, or when we come back into this house, uh, maybe on Sunday morning, I believe God for it. Uh, I believe God wants to do wonders among us. Uh, I believe God uh, wants us to get over this Jordan, to get over the obstacles that we may be facing, uh, and go with him. They say in this chapter, at the beginning of this chapter, in Joshua chapter 3, he says, listen, not only sanctify yourselves, uh, before he says any of that, he said, Listen, when you see the presence and the ark of God go, you go after it. You pursue it. You run it down because God is taking us over. Sanctify yourself because God wants to do wonders. Among us, church, we have an opportunity in this season. We have an opportunity to burn brighter than we've ever burned before. We have the chance to shut down and to shut up the enemy and put him in his place. We have an opportunity by the power of the Holy Ghost to obtain the promises of God. The enemy can't have my harvest. The enemy can't have my children. The enemy can't have my lost loved ones. The enemy can't have my workplace. The enemy can't have my home, my school. The enemy can't live in my promise. The enemy can't have my revival. The enemy can't take away the glory of God. I'm telling you tonight to be strong in the Lord, to be courageous. As Joshua chapter 1 says, I know the enemy is terrified of the God that we serve, that that Rahab declares to us in Joshua chapter 2. I believe that we're sanctified ourselves and we're preparing for God to do wonders amongst us as Joshua says in chapter 3 but I want you to know that as we do this we get into Joshua chapter 4 I want you to remember this to keep a spiritual memorial of what's going on because in Joshua chapter 4 as they begin to cross over the river Jordan he says listen grab you some stones make a memorial of the time that we're in why they said why Joshua he said because you're going to point to this memorial and you're going to tell your children and your grandchildren this is where we crossed over into the presence of God this is where we crossed over into the promise of God this is where we went from just another church to a church full of revival and glory and power this is where we crossed over and we began to prepare ourselves to tear strongholds down This is where mark it as a memorial because revival is coming. Glory is coming if we will but sanctify ourselves. Listen, I want revival so badly. I want the move of God so badly. The the, the people, the children of God that we're reading about in Joshua chapter 6, they wanted to see and obtain the promises of God and see the victory so badly that they laid their lives down in Joshua chapter 5. And they said, you can circumcise me. You can circumcise my heart, Holy Ghost. You can have my life. You can have my plan. 
plans. You can have that show or that music I'm listening to. You can have the politician. I don't need the politician. I need revival. I don't need a a Democrat. I don't need a Republican. I need Jesus. I need victory. I need to see strongholds fall. And what began to happen as they laid their lives down in Joshua chapter 5 and began to let Joshua perform surgery on them for us when we allow the Holy Spirit of God to circumcise our hearts. We'll find that you have become prepared for victory. When we allow ourselves to be sanctified, when we allow the Holy Spirit to take things that we don't need out of our lives, what you've done is you have prepared yourself for blessing. It doesn't mean that you don't have to fight, but it means that the battle is already won. I've been reminded this week, uh, many of you have heard me quote quote this man. His name is Sun Tzu, a a great general. Way back in the 13th century in China, he wrote the book, The Art of War. And he said, a good soldier wins the battle, and then they go out and fight it. It's a mindset. When we realize that the battle has already been won, and we'll walk into the things of God, and we'll allow the Holy Spirit of God to do whatever He wants to do, we will see victory. We will see victory. How long will we let the enemy have our harvest? How long will we be on this side of the river? Church, we're going to have to get over some things. It's not about what, well, they were saying this or that saying. No, all that's kind of go by the wayside. We have to come together in unity. There, the, 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 the Bible doesn't tell me that there was any discord crossing over the river. The Bible doesn't tell me that anyone complained when Joshua said, sanctify yourselves. The Bible doesn't say that anyone complained when he said, I'm going to have to cut some things off your life. They were unified in one thing, the promise. The promise. We have to shut this enemy down. Church, it says in verse 1 of chapter 6, Jericho was straightly shut up. Why? Because of the Israelites. What if God could turn to the sun and say, Jesus, the enemy in Connorsville, operating in Connorsville, is shut up because the children of God. They've crossed over into a new, new dimension. They've crossed over into the promise. They've crossed over into the destiny that I have for them. Can God say that about us? I believe He will. I believe He wants to. I believe He's desiring to do something. And I believe, I believe that there is a church that I'm talking to tonight that is sick and tired of the enemy having its way in your life. In this season of transition, we have to transition our minds. We have to let the Lord establish this generation. And we're going to have to say, you know what? The promise is more important than anything. The promise is more important than anything. 
As I close tonight, I've went way too long. The Lord began to show me something in this portion of Scripture that I never saw before. Not only do we have to be strong and courageous like chapter 1 says, not only do we have to realize that the enemy's already defeated as Rahab declared to the spies, not only do we need to sanctify ourselves and prepare to cross over, not only do we need to prepare a memorial so our children will know what God has done in our life, not only do we need to lay our lives down on the altar of sacrifice, But when the time comes, we need to be prepared to shout with a great shout. To worship like you've never worshipped before. To pray and to read like you've never read and prayed before. Why? Because strongholds will begin to fall. But what I want you to realize about this portion of Scripture, and Pastor, you may have, God may have revealed this to you before, but I never, I knew it, but never really understood it. This generation that Joshua was leading into the promised land, they had every right in natural thinking. In their natural thinking, we're human. We, we, we have... Stinking thinking sometimes. The generation that God established to go into the promises of God, they could have been mad and bitter at God. You say, why? Because they watched for 40 years as their parents and grandparents died. Because they didn't have the right mentality. But God, you promised it to them too. God said, no, they didn't have the right mindset. They had every right. And listen, church, some people under the sound of my voice tonight, you may have every right in this moment of time in our natural thinking to be upset at God because you may not understand what you're going through. But God established a generation. Said, they, they looked at it totally different. It wasn't. It wasn't God, why did you do that to them? It's God, I don't want to be like them. And what I'm telling you, I'm not saying anything against parents or grandparents. That's not what I'm saying. Is I'm saying now God has raised up a generation that says, I don't want to be like the church world. I want to be your bride. I want to be glorious. I want to be a church that's, on, that's full of revival fire. I want to be a church that's consumed by you. What they did instead of being consumed by all the bitterness and living in the past because God told them in chapter 1, Moses is dead. You can't live back there. Instead of being bitter, all that mattered, Pastor, was the promise. All that mattered was the commission. All that mattered was the, the harvest. But the Bible tells us in Joshua chapter 5 that the manna ceased because they partook of the land for the first time. So what does that have to do with anything? Church, Jesus said in the Gospels, He said, your fathers ate manna and they died. 
But if you eat of me the bread of life, if you try, what, let, let me advertise it for you. If you will try something new, if you will get out of your comfort zone and, and, and focus on the promise and get over the obstacles in your way, allow God to sanctify you, to circumcise your heart, to rearrange your life, you're going to see strongholds fall. You're going to see things happen. And you're going to partake of things that you've never partaken of. The manna ceased. The old things ceased. As pastors preached the last few months, behold, I'm doing a new thing. There's a promise. And I believe it's glory. I believe that promise is the glory of God. I believe that promise is revival. I believe that promise is a great harvest. But we must get so consumed with the things of God and the promises of God and the plan and the purpose that God has for our life that it will literally shut the enemy down. What the enemy does not want is for you to walk into the call and the purpose that God has for you. The enemy does not want you to walk in the dominion and the anointing and the power that God has for your life. I'm going to pray with you as we close tonight. God, we come before you. And we thank you for your presence in this house, Lord. I feel your anointing. I feel your power. God, I thank you for that. But Lord, let us be a church. Let us be a people that will sanctify ourselves that will allow you to cut things off of our lives, uh, that will be confident that you're going before us uh, and that you're going with us. Uh, Lord, that we'll be a people that know that the enemy is already defeated. And Lord, let us be a people that don't, excuse me, that don't wander in the wilderness for 40 years, but they'll say, no, we're going to be established in the Word of God, in the things of God, and we're going to inherit the promise. God, I ask for your Holy Spirit to comfort hearts right now. There are people that are hurting that sit in this congregation. There are people that don't understand what they're going through. And God, let them understand this. I may not understand the season. I may not realize what God is doing. But I still know the promises of God, let them be comforted by your Holy Spirit. Lord, lead them and guide them. And as we acknowledge you in all our ways, Lord, direct our paths. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Go with God this week. Go in victory. I ask before we come back this Sunday that you sanctify yourselves, that you find a time to get alone with God. Pray for the service. Pray for, for the sick folk among us. Pray for, for those that are hurting. Pray for the house family. Pray for the Burns family and many families that are suffering at this time. And pray for them. But more than anything, pray for the harvest. Pray for revival. Pray for the glory of God. Because when the glory of God is in the house, nothing else matters. Everything else falls into place. We love you. Go in victory. Go in power. And go encourage today. We love you and take care. And so does God. Amen. Greetings, everyone. Pastor Ron just coming on to say thank you for joining us today. 
I do pray that we was a blessing to you. And I invite you to continue to follow us on Facebook, Instagram. I invite you to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, please do that. Uh, we would be appreciative of that. But just thank you for joining us today. I do pray that the blessings of the Lord would be upon you and yours. God bless you.